Hi, I'm Joe Pellegrino, and this is Legacy Lifters. Legacy Lifters is a ministry of legacy-minded men whose mission is to transform lives by engaging, encouraging, and equipping men to build a Christ-centered legacy. At the end of the day, we want to see men live out loud who God crafted them to be. Today, my guest is Dr. Michelle Watson. Michelle Watson is a, well, let me just say this. She is a dynamo, dynamo. And uh, I think you're really going to enjoy it. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you. But here's one thing. I have a new addition to my last name. Oh. So I'm now going by Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield because I've just been married for two months. At the age of 60, just got married. First time. First time. Wow. Me? I am definitely an outlier on a bell curve. <laughs> was having a ministry to men or an impact on men's lives is already, mm -hmm. right? A little unusual yeah. for a woman. And, and it's very cool. And Michelle, uh, you, uh, you just wrote a new book, your second book, called Let's Talk Conversation Starters for Dads and Daughters. And I, I, I got it on Monday, Michelle, and uh, I just skimmed through it. It's really terrific. It really is. And, you know, having the blessing of knowing you, I guess I, guess I met you about five years ago, yeah. it, 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 just seeing your heart for this ministry of men and their daughters is powerful. Now, I'm a father of a 28-year-old girl who, and I admittedly had made a lot of mistakes when she was younger. And I remember you and I had a conversation about that. And, you know, I tried to be the best dad I could possibly be to my sons. And I've been, a, I think, a good role model and taught them well. But I, I always separated the daughter from the boys. You know, the boys were going to go out and do the hunting and all that kind of stuff. And, and the daughter was going to get married and so forth. I, I guess I was an old-fashioned thinker. But, um, you know, your, your project, which I believe you call the ABBA project, uh, is all about ministering to men and helping them to understand and relate better to their daughters. Why don't you elaborate a little bit on the ABBA project? Sure. So it was about a decade ago where I was reading in Luke 1 in the Bible where God was telling this dad named Zechariah that his son, who wasn't even born yet, named John, was going to help turn the hearts of the fathers toward their children. And I just like got this download that I was to help partner with that vision of turning the hearts, not just the heads of fathers to their daughters. I'm the oldest of four girls and I'd mentored girls at that point for 40 years. You know, now that's a decade later. It's just hard to believe I'm that old. I'm 60, you know, and yet really what has been the joy of my life the last decade is I started this group called the ABBA Project. ABBA meaning daddy in Aramaic and men love a project, hence the name. Mm -hmm. And I coach dads of daughters. We meet once a month for nine months every year. Dads with daughters in their teens and their twenties, where oftentimes it gets a little more complex mm -hmm. for dads, you know, when their daughters are five years old and run up to them and are crying, put their little chubby hands around your neck and your heart melts and you kiss her boo-boo and she's, mm -hmm better and runs off and mm -hmm. you know the older she gets it it's not quite so easy or so quick and so dads sometimes are a bit flooded in those years and say here mom you're a girl you go in yeah and dads step back and so really I've loved engaging dads in equipping them to be better able to decode their daughters mm -hmm. better able to lead their daughters and that's where this new book came from is that I give dad scripts every month in the ABBA project and they thematically lead their daughters through conversations on everything from understanding themselves better, their personality, their love languages, uh, their, their dreams, their visions, all the way to 
addressing body image and sex mm -hmm. and same-sex attraction and mm -hmm. more complex issues. And mm -hmm. then walking dads through that in the ABBA project, I, I have had a, a number of dads say, what do we do now that it's over? We kind of <laughs> got used to you coaching us. Now we're kind of left out here on our own. And I, I really felt compelled to write another book with a lot more scripts mm -hmm. so that dads are equipped to lead. So really this book comes out of a decade of walking alongside dads. So let me ask you this question. What was your relationship or is your relationship like with your father? Great question. My dad is 82 years old and lives about 15 minutes from me. And I would definitely say until I just got married two months ago, my dad has been my quote main man. You know, he's the one that comes over and will fix things and mow my lawn. And, you know, my dad grew up on the south side of Chicago, pretty rough neighborhood, three different last names in his family among the seven kids, six uh. boys, one girl. And it was rough. I mean, he was in gangs from the time he was 12, Joe. I mm. mean, it was survival of the fittest, as you can imagine, on the south sure. side of Chicago. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he had no template of how to be a dad. His dad died homeless. He had worked for the railroad, died. He had lived in a boxcar. I mean, this was back, you know, in the days where homelessness wasn't what it is now. Yeah. Um, and got infected. He was an alcoholic and yeah, had to have limbs amputated and died of gangrene. So, you know, the, the time he finally left their home is when my dad's mom put an iron to his face. Like it was one too many times of that kind of behavior. So that was the, the template my dad had, you know, of what fathering looked like is, you, mm. just, you know, his mom managed dad, if you will, as he came in and out of the home and had, you know, drunk, you know, use, you know, kind of weekends and, and it just was a chaotic life, you know? And so my and dad changed then, all that with you guys. Yep. So then when I was 10, we moved from California to Oregon where, you know, we had spent the last, I would say maybe four or five years going to church. And my parents, you know, said yes to Jesus. And, you know, they, that my dad felt the call, if you will, to the, to be a pastor. So we moved to Oregon and again, still though, my dad didn't have much of a template of how to be a father. Mm -hmm. And he would learn from men that would say, um, it would be really good if you had family devotions. And my dad's like, you guys were getting up 15 minutes earlier before school for family devotions. Like literally if someone told him something, he would do it because he didn't even know what to do. Hmm. And, and then here's another idea. He went to a men's conference and they said, think of a way to engage your kids. Find And my dad said, he thought, what do girls like? Well, they like perfume. And so my dad started this thing. I still don't even know how far back this goes. I mean, I would guess 30 years, at least 25, where every Christmas on the 23rd or 24th, my dad takes his daughters. I'm the only one. He always said his single daughters only, but I have a lot of dads now that do this with their married daughters too. And I say, dads, don't ever stop doing this with your daughter, even if she gets married. But he takes me out on, usually it's he and I on the 24th of December. We go to downtown Portland, which now is full of rioters. Let's not add that in there. But we go to Nordstrom, have lunch, and then we go to the perfume section. And he sits there with me as I'm trying on perfume up my arm. Because as we know, on my planet of Venus, all perfume does not smell the same on every woman. So mm -hmm. you have to try it on your skin. My dad sits on a chair in the perfume section of Nordstrom. And which one do you like better, dad? And together we decide which perfume to get. And as you can imagine, it's a photo op. 
I want it documented. So all the clerks, literally, when I say this, other female clerks walk up, I wish my dad would do this with mm -hmm. me. And every year we do perfume day. And it started because some dad at a conference said, man, think of one thing you could do to engage your kids. And perfume day lives on to this day. But my dad just did just tell my new husband, his name is Ken Canfield, started the National Center for Fathering. So we share a kindred spirit in, in this area of fathering. But really what's amazing, oh, he's a widower, by the way. If anyone listening has heard him or known him, they might think, I thought he was married. <laughs> he was married for 43 years and his wife died um, last year of Huntington's disease. It was a pretty brutal journey all the way uh, for many years to the point mm -hmm. where she's now in heaven. But So now I'm grafted into a family of 24 in my tribe. Uh -huh. But I digress back to the story of perfume day. So my dad turned the reins over. He said to Ken, now you get to do perfume day with Michelle at Christmas. So dads, if you want a practical way to engage your daughter's hearts, if your daughter isn't into perfume, that's okay. I've had dads turn it into going to a bookstore, mm -hmm. buying any, a number of books that his daughter wants, or mm -hmm. some dads have turned it into like painting where you have something tangible to remember from that. Well, day. I got to tell you something. You told me once uh, about a lipstick on a mirror. Yep. And I remember when uh, we were, I think we were in Georgia when we met and uh, I came home and, and I didn't do the lipstick on a mirror because I was afraid my wife was going to yell at me for that one. But what I did is I put sticky notes on yep. the mirror. And she would wake up and just. Yep, exactly. In, in fact, let's tell dads what that is. Now I love that you say lipstick because you can do lipstick, but usually I give dads either a dry erase marker or sticky notes. You're right. Okay. Either one. But I love, you're right, lipstick works too. Mm -hmm. And I have dads across the country now that send me pictures of what those mirrors look like. Because dad, you've got to know that for us as women, the mirror is not usually our best friend. Yep. We look in that mirror and see every flaw. And men, by and large, don't have a problem with the mirror. Would you, I mean, you've been walking with, alongside men for a long time, Joe. Would you agree or disagree? Yeah, I would agree with that. And so- Most. Right. Most men either have told me, I don't even look in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> Just get out of the Which shower. Is, and go. A with a lot of guys. But yeah. or, or you're looking in the shower going, this is looking pretty good today. You want some of this? <laughs> so, uh, so really this whole idea of saying, what would it look like if dads wrote positive messages, loving messages to their daughters on the exact mirrors they look in? Bathroom. Mm. It's powerful. Mirror. Yeah. Even her rear view mirror. And I, I've seen daughters that, I uh, have shown me pictures, dads have too, where those sticky notes have been up for months uh, on their mirrors in their bathrooms. Or, or one dad showed me, I was in his house last year, that she'd taken the sticky note off of the bathroom mirror and put it in her bedroom. Mm. Like he was like, it moved. She kept it, yeah. you know? Because those mm. positive messages from you, dad, go all the way into our hearts. Yeah, so what absolutely. response did your daughter have to the sticky notes? You know, I'll be honest with you, it was five years ago. Uh, I don't re really recall what her response was at that time, but it's favorable. My daughter and I had a, uh, a, a relationship where, like I said, I focused more on getting my boys prepared and really I just covered my daughter. I, I, I smothered her. I bubbled her kind of thing. And I, I was wrong. You know, I should have let her experience the same things that my sons experienced. Have you uh, told her work that? ethic. I'm sorry. Have you told her that? Uh, yes, I've told her that. Yes, I've told her. I've told her a, a bunch of things, and um, we have a great relationship now. You know, uh, she's not married. She's a beautiful, beautiful girl, but um, it's a blessing to be there, like your father was for you to cut the lawn or to dad. You know, she had a she told her car two weeks ago, and and she just called me crying. And I mean, 
doesn't matter what I'm doing. I'm in the car going to find out what happened. And, and, you know, years ago I would have said, uh, well, what'd you do to the car? But I'm smart enough to recognize that she means more to me than any other vehicle or any other thing in the world. And, and my, my response was proper. And how are you? Are you okay? You know? And, uh, cause I mean, I could hear it in her voice that she was okay, but she was shaken. But uh, I've learned a lot. And Michelle, I'll never forget, never forget the mirror. I'll never forget that. That was just, I think, such a powerful teaching. And for you out there, li out there listening, Michelle's got a bunch of them in these books. Uh, she had a book prior to this, but she's got a bunch of these ideas. And really, guys, we need this. And you mentioned about your dad becoming a pastor. I don't know about you, Michelle, but one thing that I've realized, and a lot of pastors have admitted, a lot of pastors are the worst dads. I know. I know because they're focused on the ministry and they're focused on, on, on their congregation and they're forgetting about whether it's a boy or a girl, they're forgetting their children and how their children need it. And they're putting that role on the, on the mother, which is so unfair. So um, I think pastors, this is also really a powerful message for you to hear because not only are your sons, you, you know, under your, you know, your, your, your tutelage or your, your discipling, but your daughter is as well. And she needs to know that you love her because, and I hope I'm not stepping on anything you're saying here, Michelle, but she's going to look for the man that loves her. And if it's the father, she's going to look for somebody just like you. Are you worthy? Absolutely. No, I, you're not stepping on. We're having a conversation. You're not stepping on anything. I want to say, I love that it's coming from you because obviously your listeners respect you. Mm -hmm. And I think the fact, I just want to, underscore the fact that Joe, the reason you're doing this ministry to men, you're doing this resourcing for men is because you are willing to admit that you've made mistakes. And I think that's, that's a humble humility kind of stance that we as daughters need to see in our yeah. dad. Yeah. I realize that too. Yeah. That you're willing to admit that you don't always get it right. Yeah. Dads that can make amends are modeling to their children, especially to their daughters, what kind of man to look for a humble man who's yeah. broken before God or before them, you know, and not just always perfect or defending his stance. And I want to add one more thing about pastors who may be really busy with their flock, right? Their congregation and forget the flock at home is just one more piece that's practical about the messages on mirrors idea mm -hmm. is I had a dad named Tim Truesdale tell me that he traveled a lot for ministry. I mean, ministry had him traveling a lot. And he said, I came with a, up with an idea, Michelle. He pulls this dry erase marker out of his out of his back pocket at the conference, Joe, where you and I met. And he said, I don't go anywhere without this pen now. And he said, in real time, I write messages on the mirrors of the hotel rooms where I stay, take a screenshot and send it to my daughter. Hmm. So that now, even when he's on the road, he can send his daughter that's a awesome. message that's positive, which I think is such a great uh, kind of idea that springboarded out of an idea I gave where yeah. I think men have great ideas, but sometimes you feel shot down or you don't feel like you get a positive response. Mm -hmm. Or you're worried about the response you're going to get. Yes. But dad's you're going to look weak. Mm -hmm. Yep. Keep doing it. Guys, you you want to look strong. You love your daughter in a powerful, powerful way. Because remember, she most likely is going to be the mother to the next generation of you. So Come on. let's really recognize the power in this. And Michelle, tell me why, what, what men need to absolutely know about the father-daughter relationship. What is it? Sum it up for me. Well, bottom line, our identity 
right, whether we're a, a female or a male, comes in large part to our dad in the sense that we share usually his last name, mm -hmm. right? So that has to do with identity. There's mm -hmm. a big piece that your daughter will internalize your view of her. Mm -hmm. So if you say nothing, then every other voice will outrank yours, dad. Yeah. So you may think, oh, she's getting enough positive feedback from mom and she's a woman, you know, that's going to bear, you know, a lot of dividends in terms of her identity. No, she needs you. She needs your voice. And if you say nothing, she will assume something's negative. Yeah. That's just what we do in our heads on, on mm -hmm. our planet of Venus, right? Mm -hmm. You're from Mars, we're from Venus. And so dad, I would encourage you to regularly, daily if possible, put some deposit into your daughter's heart from you. It could be a text if you're away from her or if she's at school, just, I love you today. I'm praying for you today. Do you know how grateful I am to be your dad? I yeah. love being a dad to you. You're beautiful inside mm -hmm. and out. Like messages, find a way to communicate something positive into her heart because she will internalize your view of her. And that builds her confidence when she feels connected to you. That's one of the things the research shows. So that's a big piece. Mm -hmm. I think the other practical thing I would say to dads is how about today, ask your daughter on a zero to 10 scale, give me a number of how close you think or believe or feel we are. Mm. Not your sense of how close you are, but ask her, how close would you say we are? Mm. And then ask her, based on that number, what could I do to be a better dad to you? Mm. And that is a way, number two, that you pursue your daughter's heart. Mm. Not just her head, but her, which is, you know, helpful, dad. We need you to, like, like Joe just said, we need you when our car breaks down to help us figure out a plan. How do we get the car fixed? How do we, you know, fill out a FAFSA? How do we figure out a, a school loan application or a bank loan? But at the same loan? time, Michelle, and this is what I've learned, and my, my wife has really helped me along this way, don't do everything for her. Just show her. Do it with her. She's, in, she's going to be independent. Because you don't know if, if somebody's going to get married or not. Look at you, 60, right? You First time. You had to fend for yourself for 60 years. And yeah, maybe dad came in and helped. But you really, the, the best thing I can do now is teach her how to do it. Which, again, I was extraordinarily weakened because I was the dad who was going to take care of her. But I realize now she has a life of her own. She's a mature woman. She's a teacher. So, you know, it's, it's, it's extremely important. I, I'm learning a lot. And I learned a lot from you. So I want to thank you for that. You made a statement and it's a powerful statement and I, I need you to unpack it for me. I'm going to okay. read it so that I don't miss it. In your experience, you have found that men would rather do nothing than make mistakes when it comes to their daughters. What does that mean? Okay. So I say this is an observation that I've made from my 10 years of traveling from my planet of Venus to yours of Mars and men listening you can agree or disagree with me, but tell me what you think about this, whether I've viewed this accurately, but I've observed that men, I'll say a little bit different than what, what you just read, but it's the same idea, that men would rather do nothing than do it wrong. Would you agree or disagree? Men would rather do nothing than do it wrong. I really need to sit back on that one for a bit and think about it. I'd love to know what other okay. people would say so about here's that. here's what I've, I've observed is that you men are smart enough to tell as your daughter gets older and is more reactive to boundaries, yeah. to things that you might say, or dad, you don't know this guy, you know, you don't mm -hmm. know all men. Just, sure. you know, and there are these more reactive responses emotionally yeah. and verbally that you're smart enough to say, you know, I'm going to back off 
because I'm making it worse. I'm going to let mom go in. Yeah. I think, dad, see, you'd rather do nothing than do it wrong. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Assume that that was a wrong, you know, way to say it or do it. And I get that, yes, every daughter is different. You, you know, they don't come with a playbook. I always say, I'm going to help you write one. And so if your daughter gives you a negative response, you're smart enough to back off. But dad, she needs to push back on you. The way that she learns to talk it out, fight it out, argue it out, wrestle it out with you is going to strengthen her muscles for out in the world. Sure. You want her to practice at home with you, figuring things out. And if you only react to her reaction, like no daughter of mine is going to be talking with that disrespect to her mother and you mm -hmm. shut it down. I, I would say, dad, just take a more gentle stance if you mm -hmm. can, because if you can come in saying, tell me why you believe that so passionately. Mm. Tell me why that's an eight, nine, 10 on your scale. Mm. Tell me what about that creates such a big response in you. Do you see how you're opening up the conversation rather than just shutting her down? Mm. Because then she's going to be more vulnerable to go to look for love and all the what? That's good. That's good. Because that guy will listen to her. He won't shoot her down or mm. shut her up, but he often has an agenda. But that whole thing about dads, I know you want to do it right. I really have found that the men come every year to my groups and, and I don't even market them. The mm -hmm. other, they come saying, I need more skills than I have in my toolbox. I'm looking at my, my tools in my hands and they're lacking with my daughter. Mm -hmm. And I find every year men come to these groups ready to learn, ready for action. I mean, I always say ABC of fathering is a, you got to take action. I mean, every, every, Hero, like who was one of your favorite uh, superheroes, Joe, when you were growing up? Superman. Superman. Would you have liked Superman if he never took action? No, no. right? He, he had to do something in order to be a hero. So it's that action. How do you, you as dads pursue the hearts of your daughters? Because Malachi 4, 6, 6 says, if the hearts of daughters or children, but I'm saying daughters, um, and well, let me reword that. If the hearts of fathers don't turn to their children and children to their fathers, God says he'll come and strike the land with a curse. And I don't think we have to look very far to see. We're seeing that every day more and more. And isn't it interesting how God fell silent for 400 years after that statement yes. until Christ? Something is radically wrong. We need to wake up. Excellent point. I love that. And actually, I love this conversation. But uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna end this part of it now, and we're gonna come back with part two. Michelle's got a lot more to say. So Michelle, thanks very much for being our guest right now, and we're gonna come back with part two next week. Awesome. Looking forward Thank to you. it, Joe. Thank you. Be blessed. Remember, life is God's gift to you. The Christ Center legacy you leave behind—that's your gift back to Him. God bless you.